There was once a kingdom with a king and a queen who was as nice a people as one could ever imagine to meet. They knew the kingdom as well as anybody in the land. They knew every house, every family, every squirrel, every fruit tree, where the mushrooms grew the best, where you could find the best blackberries in the fall. They knew their kingdom very well, and their people, and their trees, and their animals knew them very well too, and thought they could never have a nicer king and queen. And yet there was a great sadness in the land, for the king and the queen were childless. Now they thought that this was their secret, and they carried it like a weight around their shoulders, day in and day out. But truly it was a weight shared by all in the kingdom. And for all the beauty and all the joy in the kingdom, there was an underlying sadness, something deep, something still in the heart of everything. Now everybody knew about this. And it happened that the queen's sister had many children. And one day she went to her sister and she said, look, I have too many children. Why don't you take one of my daughters? She's sweet and kind and smart and funny. And I'm sure she will bring you a lot of joy. The queen thought about it for just a moment and said, yes, yes, it would be wonderful to hear the noise of little footsteps in the hall and the sound of a child's laughter in my chamber. Yes, I'll take her. Thank you. And so the little girl came to live at the palace, and all was well. The little girl was spoiled rotten, but her favourite toy of all was a golden ball the king had given her. She liked to play with the ball in the garden, but not the beautiful manicured garden of the king and the queen, not the pristine roses and beside the fountains. No, she liked to go down to the edge of the wood. The wood and the garden met in a thick, dark place. And the ball of gold shone was brightly there. And so that's where the little girl would go and play with her ball. Now one day she was having so much fun seeing it thrown up high against the deep dark shadows of the wood that she forgot the time. And it grew to be that magical time of dusk. And as she was throwing up the ball, she suddenly realized someone was watching her. And she looked, peered into the dusk, and she saw twinkling eyes, about the same height as her eyes. She stopped and stared, and the twinkly eyes stared back. And then, quite shortly thereafter, a little girl, exactly the same age as the little adopted princess, stepped out of the woods and said to her, Give me your ball. The princess hesitated for a moment and then threw it, not so hard, not so gently, at the little girl. And the little girl caught it, looked at it, held it to her chest, weighed it, and her eyes flickered back into the forest as if she was going to turn and run. But instead she smiled at the princess and threw the ball back. And so the girls engaged in a very pleasant game of throwing and catching. The little princess had been all her own in the palace for such a long time, and it was so fun to play with a little girl her own, her own age. 
and so the back ball went back and forth, back and forth, between the deep dark wood and between the beautiful pristine garden of the palace. And so it was, until a bell sounded in, in the palace and the little girl, the little princess, realized that she was late for supper. She looked at her little new friend and said, why don't you come to supper with me? And so the little ragamuffin girl from the woods and the little adopted princess traipsed hand in hand back into the castle and up into the chamber of the queen. When the queen saw this little ragamuffin girl, she was more than a little surprised. And she said to her, my dear, have you washed your hands? What are you doing here? Who are you? Where did you get that hair? None of which the little girl answered to kept munching on the food that she would set and that had been set in front of her. The queen was growing more and more exasperated that this little girl that didn't say a word but just ate noisily and had the dirtiest of fingernails. My dear, as soon as you finish, I think it's time for you to leave, said the queen, who, although she was very, very friendly, didn't really take well to uninvited guests in her chamber. The little girl looked at her and said, my grandma can fix you. Excuse me, said the queen. My grandma can fix you, said the little girl. Well, what, what do you mean? What? There's nothing wrong with me. Oh, yes, there is. You cannot have a child, said the little girl. The queen was taken aback. She thought her secret was safe. Well, wh- what, do you, what do you mean? Well, of course I can. The little girl laughed. No, you can't. Everybody in the kingdom knows that. You don't have your own child. And she gave a little wink to the adopted princess. My grandma can help you with that. I'll call her if you'd like. The queen thought about it for just a moment. She had tried everything. She had tried bathing in the moonlight. She had tried drinking the best juices. She had tried fasting. She had tried yoga. She had tried all sorts of diets. She had tried standing on her head for a month. She had tried everything. Nothing had worked. Okay, okay. Send for your send for your grandmother. I I will I will tolerate this. I will um I am interested. The little girl jumped down from her chair, went to the table, and whistled long and loud. From far away, a whistling noise came back. Ah, she's coming. She's coming. She'll be here soon, said the little girl and sat back down at the table, helping herself to another portion of mashed potatoes. It seems like an age until there was a knock at the door, or rather a bang at the door with a stick, and the door swung open on its hinges, and the queen peered into the dark hall. Out of the darkness, but somehow bringing the darkness, stepped a little woman. She was almost bent double with age, and her, sm- her smell was like the forest, dark and musty and pungent and damp. She shuffled in, and she said to her granddaughter, Why did you call me up here? The queen wants to talk to you. Oh, I have nothing to say to the queen. Let us go. Come on, finish up those potatoes and let us go. The old grandmother was looking around the room, eyeing all the candlesticks of gold and silver, the goblets and the plates. And as she came closer to the table, some seemed to magically disappear underneath her cloak. 
in her, into voluminous pockets and into a bag that she carried over her shoulders. Let us go. Let us go, child. Let us go. The little girl looked at the queen. Don't you have something to ask my gran- grandmother? The queen looked at the grandmother. She wasn't sure about this. But she started to say something and the old grandmother said, I cannot help you. I cannot help you. The little girl looked and said to the queen, You know, if she had a nice drink of rum or whiskey or some such thing inside of her, she might be more likely to talk to you. The queen looked at the king. She might as well. Okay, fetch. Why don't... Sir, um, King, why don't you, um, can you give something to this, this, um, this lady, this dear old lady here? Um, maybe some of your finest um, brandy? The, queen, the king looks sullen and uncomfortable. I'm saving that brandy for a special occasion, he said. The queen's eyes flickered. This might be a special occasion. He said, she said. And so the king shuffled off to the cupboard in the corner and brought out an old dusty bottle and poured a glass for himself and a glass for the old grandmother. She quaffed it in a single slurp and started, mm, yes, that's good, that's good good rum there. You've got good rum king. I know where that rum came from. I was there when it was made and yes it was good. We had such fun that night. And she started to dance a little bit. Everybody watched her until nobody knew else what to say. And so the old grandmother finally shook herself together together a little bit and said, okay granddaughter let's go. Let's go. Oh, wait, wait, said the queen. Maybe there's something else you would like. Uh, the, grand, the granddaughter jumped in. Give her a cigar. She loves cigars. A cigar? Okay. Okay, said the queen. I'll give you one of my cigars. Okay, okay. and maybe, maybe, maybe king, you can give her a little bit more brandy. And so the, the brandy bottle was brought out again. And the box of the finest cigars was brought from the closet. And the old lady reached in, took three, put them in her pocket, and took one and asked for a light. And then, understanding that the lights were on the candles, took a light, a long draught from the candle, knocked the candle out, put the candlestick in her pocket, took a long draw on the cigar and a long gulp of the rum, and started dancing. Finally, the queen plucked up the courage to say to her, um, uh, Grandmother, uh, your granddaughter says that you might be able to help me uh, conceive um, a child. Is, uh, do you know anything about that? Ah, yes, I do, I do, said the grandmother. Show me, Queenie, where is your bedroom? The queen led her to the open window a little bit along from where they were standing, there was a turret, and right at the top of the turret was where the king and the queen had their bedroom. Ah, way up there? Way up there in the sky? 
Oh, for goodness sake, Queenie, that's why you can't conceive. Don't you know that you're an earthling? Don't you know that you have to be connected to the... Oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay, this is what you do. This is going to be really easy. Okay. In the corner of your garden where nobody goes, not really, not many people go, there's an old stable, not used anymore, old stable, earth floor. What you have to do is you have to take your bed down there and put it on that earth floor. And then you, Queenie, you have to have a bath. Not just a regular bath, like one of those baths that you only have maybe once or twice a year. You promise yourself you're going to have them every week. You never do. You just have them once or twice a year. You have to have a bath. Oils, wine, asses, milk, musicians, perfumes, candles, whatever you want. You have the best bath of your life. When you get out of your bath, have your servants take that water down and pour it underneath the bed. And then you and the king go to bed and the king does what he's going to do and he better be good. And in the morning, if he's been good, and here the old grandmother shot a very curious look at the king. What's going to happen is you're going to move the bed to the side and there's going to be two flowers growing out of the earth there. There's going to be one flower that's pure and white and pretty and delicately smelling and delicious and beautiful and amazing and inspiring and quite frankly the best flower you have ever seen in your entire life. And beside it, beside it, there's going to be another flower and that flower is dark and dangerous and covered in thorns and smells repugnant, 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 repugnant. It's going to be swarming with flies. It's going to be a blood red congealed dark purple color. It's going to be drooping over. It's going to be the most horrific flower you've ever seen in your life. Do not eat that flower. Whatever you do, Queenie, do not eat that flower. Instead, eat the other one. Okay. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, granddaughter, let's get out of here. And with that, the granddaughter and the grandmother left. And the queen called her servants and said, run me a bath. The bath was run. The king prepared. He was a little nervous. He took some herbs. He was all ready to go. The queen put some crystals in her bath. She put some flowers in there. She had musicians behind a curtain. She did everything she could. She had a good time in that bath. It was a lovely bath. The bed was carried down. The bath water was poured. The bed was placed on top. The king and the queen retired to the bed. The bed, the bed shook with the king's workings all that night and there was much joy. And finally exhausted, the pair fell asleep. The next morning, just at dawn, the queen awoke with a start, realized what had happened the night before, jumped out of bed, pushed the bed to the side with the king and all in it, and there, just as the old woman had said, were two flowers, one pristine, beautiful, sweet, delicate, unbelievably pretty, 
And there, beside it, was another, not quite the same. The queen bent down. She got down on all fours. And she decided that she was going to really enjoy this flower. That this flower, no matter what the old grandmother had said, this flower was going to be just divine. And as she edged towards the beautiful white flower, suddenly something happened. Something overcome her, overcame her. And she just pounced on that other flower and ate and ate and ate. Oh my God, it tasted so good. The juices ran down her chin. They dripped onto her nightgown. They were so staining. And yet the flower tasted of every dark luxury you could ever imagine. Oh, the queen was almost moaning with eating it. It was so good. And then suddenly, after she had chomped and slurped her way through that flower, she suddenly stopped and realized, Oh, fuck. What have I done? She shot a look at the king. The king was sitting bolt upright, his eyes wide. He had seen his wife do things like this before. And he knew better than to say anything. She looked at him and she said, You will never tell anyone what just happened. The king nodded, drew his eyes away. And then he said in a quiet and calmest voice than he could muster, Dear, maybe you should eat the other flower. And so the queen did. 